Oh my God. Are we really in season two already? Hey, beautiful humans. You're listening to the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm here to share my human experience, as well as have these raw and powerful conversations with leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience Podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, normal human responses, and connecting mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity. The Human Experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns that generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Human Experience Podcast. You have no idea how much gratitude I have for my listeners and just being able to be in a space to create and to speak with these incredible guests that I have on the show. It is truly a dream. And I wanted to take a moment to chat about my private coaching that I am offering right now. Um, I do offer three and six month options for those women who are my high high achievers. And I feel like women in general kind of put a lot of pressure on themselves, whether it's internal or external pressure. Um, I've just been seeing myself included with my clients that the ones who develop symptoms, chronic symptoms especially, are the ones who are high achievers or put a lot of pressure on themselves or are easily stressed out. Um, just happens to be the way of the world and that's okay. Um, I've now been able to get to a place where I'm able to manage my chronic stress with some tools, which you have too. You have these tools. It's just a matter of accessing them. Um, and having someone who has been there and who can guide you throughout a process because I cannot tell you guys, I had my family and loved ones by my side throughout my entire journey, but they just never understood. They were there to support me and love me and tell me everything was going to be okay. But because I didn't have anyone who truly understood what it was like to be in my body, to, to feel how crippling it felt to experience the bloat that I did. I felt six months pregnant when I wasn't. And just my cycles were all over the place. Like I was getting them 16 days late and it was, it was a mess. And my acne and just going to the bathroom was a nightmare. I, I it just felt like the end of the world. And at 20 something years old, that's not how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to be out there living your life and not let another day pass because yeah, you only get this life once and you should live it to the best of your capabilities. So in my three-month and six-month programs, I do offer unlimited support via an app, which we call Voxer. It's like a walkie-talkie. It's pretty awesome. So any questions that my clients have, if it's relating to a supplement, something that you get in the grocery store, um, how you're feeling, whatever, you have me 
literally in the palm of your hand. Um, and then we do one-on-one, one-hour calls every two weeks and, um, grocery list recipes, the whole nine yards to get you started. Um, and then we address diet, rest, exercise, stress, supplementation, these are all things that will get you on the right path to healing. No more guessing games. I do as well offer um, functional diagnostic lab testing. So if you are far enough in your journey, you're not getting answers. You've seen several doctors. You're just your symptoms are all over the place and exacerbated. That's when I will offer lab testing. However, I do see a lot of clients that have never even stepped into a grocery store or even have cooked anything healthy and haven't tried those simple steps first or not drinking enough water, you know, and so forth. So um, we will just start with nutritional therapy alone because I see it as a profound impact on your body just by making those simple changes. And if we hit a wall and you're healing or whatever, um, then we can definitely step in with some functional diagnostic lab testing. So three and six month programs, they are awesome and I love them so much and I love my clients dearly. Um, so if you guys are interested in hearing more and scheduling, scheduling a free symptom audit so that we can go over your symptoms to see if it would be a good fit to work with each other. Um, you can, schedule your free symptom audit um in the link in my bio and my instagram or you can just shoot me an email at kiara marie wellness at gmail.com now back to the show okay welcome to the show Adina. thank you so much for hopping on i'm so excited to chat all about happy hormones today because i feel like i've been given so much misinformation in regards to my workout regimen um so yeah, I'm excited to have you on. You are definitely not alone. A lot of us have been fed the same misinformation, you know, over the years. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yes. I'm excited to chat. So, excited. To so tell us about yourself. What led you to become a medical exercise specialist in NCP? Okay. So, um, you know, basically in childhood, I had, I definitely struggled with my relationship with my body. I struggled with my relationship with movie movement. Um, I was pretty athletic growing up. Like I loved sports, but I was always just like a little uncomfortable um, in my body. And then in, I'll fast forward a little bit in college, I got really into Mm -hmm. like going to the gym. Um, You know, I had always been athletic, but I never really went to the gym (laughs) as a thing. And then in college, I was kind of struggling. I wasn't so happy where I was in college. I was in a long distance relationship with my now husband. Um, We were kind of back and forth for a while. Yeah. So I just, you know, socially just things did not feel right for me. And I was, I started going to the gym a lot. I was going to actually like a Lucille Roberts in midtown Manhattan and just doing a ton of like dance cardio and hit classes and all that stuff. Um, And it was, it was pretty obsessive. Like I, I was definitely going six days a week, sometimes two days, you know, two a days and not eating enough, like, you know, thinking a banana and a (laughs) Trenta coffee from Starbucks. Like, I don't know if you know which size that is, but it's like the one not on the menu. Um, Yeah. And like that, just that cycle of kind of, and and definitely in an unhealthy place of like, I will eat this banana and this cup of coffee. And then how long can I go until I'm hungry again? Mm -hmm. You know, that just really unwell. And, and so I, it was certainly affecting my mental health. Like I was just really unstable and just not feeling good. And 
the problem was that I was getting skinny and people were, you know, talking to me about it and what are you doing? And, oh, you're the healthy one. You (laughs) bake with whole wheat flour. You go to the gym, you know? Um, So it kind of became a part of my identity at that point. And fast forward to when I graduated from college and I was also engaged to my now husband. And so I was on hormonal birth control and just, you know, things were messy. Um, So I was applying to graduate school and I was actually applying to graduate school for art therapy. I majored in studio art and I went to grad school for art therapy, but there was a lag time of like six months between when I graduated college and when grad school was starting. And so I always loved science, but I didn't want to be a doctor. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, if, if I don't get into grad school, I kind of need something else to fall back on. I'm an artist, you know, so I went to a vocational school for personal training. It was a six-month vocational school in the city. And okay, the yeah, city got it. Manhattan, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just call it the city. Um, so I went to this vocational school. And I don't know how familiar you are with the field of personal training, but it was pretty wild to me when I figured this out, too, that the barrier to entry in that field is just so insanely low like you could literally just take a test online and call yourself a personal trainer having never seen a human move having never you know learned about biomechanics and human movement on actual humans and so this school was wonderful because it had all the practical all of the you know theory all of the biomechanics all of the physiology but then in the afternoon we spent the whole afternoon on the training floor and applying all the theory, applying all the biomechanics, seeing human moves, humans move, learning from, you know, trainers who had been in the industry for years, all different philosophies. So that was really awesome. And then I did a further certification there on medical exercise specialist, which was just more deep dive into like the post rehab stuff. So a lot of clinical anatomy, a lot of injury mechanism, and and really understanding more and more about why we hurt, you know, how we get stronger Um, Things like that. So long story short, I fell head over heels for human movement and just started digging deeper and deeper. And I ended up going to graduate school. I loved working as an art therapist, but to just protect my own mental health and the mental health of my family. Like I knew I really wanted to be a mom and be home with my kids and not be in inpatient psych units and inpatient substance abuse units. Like I love doing that work, but my family just, it, it became clear to me what kind of mom I wanted to be. And so I went to, you know, I went to school online for the NTA to become a and nutritional what, therapist. What? And then I kind of just put it all together. And because, well, I kind of wanted to, I, you know, as I was in school for grad school for art therapy and really learning more about mental health and then seeing the impact of physical health on mental health, I kind of needed that nutrition piece to just like be the last piece of the puzzle there and make sure that this was really a holistic approach. I think it kind of occurred to me that like there are too many people viewing the body as a separate thing that, you know, movement is one thing and food is a different thing and mental health is a different thing. And just, it's all so intimately connected. And so I just needed that last piece to kind of really take it home and, round out all this information that I was learning and how movement impacted hormones and how our gut health impacts our hormonal health and sort of all of it just coming together. And, you know, now I get to be home with my kids, but just help women really access this information and unlock their own strength and 
start to feel their best when we're putting all these pieces together. Um, did you, what symptoms did you exhibit when you were recovering from <laughs> those high intensity workouts and yeah. know, and coffee every morning? <laughs> so, oh my gosh. I, so I was so fatigued, like so fatigued. I, I was sleeping 16 hours oh a night. Like, and I thought that was normal. I was like, I just, it was so bad. I was like, yeah, that, so mm. super fatigued, just like dragging myself around all day. Um, and then, like I mentioned, a lot of those mental health symptoms that were creeping in, just like really anxious and depressive symptoms. Um, obviously, my digestion was no bueno. Like I was re- just, you know, that oscillation between like being mm-hmm. constipated and having diarrhea and just thought that was normal. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening, <laughs> we can't not, stress that enough. Go- <laughs> on TVs. Oh my god. Yeah. So you know things like that and just just feeling foggy, like super foggy all the time. And again, just living in it. So thinking that it was normal and, and being complimented on my lifestyle and appearance. So like it becoming even more normal. Did you get Um, any symptoms from being on birth control? Was it the pill? Yeah. 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 Hormonal birth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Just like, like crying in my bed at night, like thinking it was normal. Cause they tell you that it's normal to get sad from birth control. Um, And actually I'm dealing with the residual effects of that in a big way right now. Like right now I'm in the restorative wellness solutions Mm -hmm. program um, to get certified, to be able to do testing, like lab testing with my clients. And I have just some eczema on my hands that has gotten so, so bad. And it started the year I started the pill and I never made the connection Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, I thought I was like allergic to my engagement (laughs) ring, but I haven't worn my engagement ring in like three years and still just like crippling hand eczema. So we're digging into that. We're getting to the bottom of it now. Um, but yeah, that birth How long were man, you on it? Your gut up. Like five oh, years. Dang. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was on it for one month yeah. and I experienced all the symptoms that you were talking about. I mean, not the eczema, but like I was crying and I was like, I gained so much weight and I was like, this is not normal. And I just intuitively, I was like, no, I feel like this only started when I started my birth control. So I'm, I'm just going to stop it. <laughs> but I yeah. feel like the residual effects still lingered on for the coming years, like depression yeah. mainly. I know it's wild. And like, yeah, it, I think because I was feeling so foggy and fatigued before I started it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of the overexercise and under eating all that stuff, like I didn't, make the immediate connection that that was causing all the problems and those symptoms started to become normal too, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it was kind of just like being unaware of other ways to track your cycle and, you know, other methods of birth control, just being completely unaware of all that. So I struggled and it was, yeah, just a really sleepy time in my life. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're here to help others. (laughs) if nothing comes from it but that it's still all yeah I think a lot of people still like to drink coffee like as a pre-workout maybe not like a train tea or was it what is it called trenta uh maybe not a trenta size but like maybe like five ounces of coffee or eight ounces of coffee um how do you feel about that so it's that kind of thing is a little individual, you know, obviously it's going to depend on, we'll dive deeper a little bit into some of the physiology there, but that is kind of going to depend on the state 
of your ability to manage caffeine, your ability to manage your blood sugar, what kind of cortisol load you're already dealing with. Mm. Um, so if it's like a, you cannot get going without caffeine before a workout, um, you know, as an NTP, I'd obviously encourage you to dig a little deeper and figure out why that is. Um, figure out if you can get that energy a little more naturally and by kind of just balancing out some of the foundations of your body and see what's going on there. Um, you know, it's gonna that's gonna be kind of individual and and really depends on what else is going on. If the person is doing that and then feeling super exhausted after their workout, I probably wouldn't advise it. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I feel like the the caffeine response creates a cortisol response, and then mm-hmm. also the the sugar from the banana creates a blood yep. sugar response. So. Everything's just kind of like skyrocketed to the point where it's like, I can't skyrocket anymore. So I'm just going to completely fall and be clinically exhausted. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Um, okay. So talk to us about, I guess we'll just dive right in, the the sort of movement that you kind of start off with, with your clients and and why. So I guess the misinformation that I was fed was like, okay, while well, your hormones are healing, Kiara, um, let's just focus on yoga and walks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that, okay, this is like the number one myth I want to bust. If you are, you know, in the holistic health space, if you have struggled with, you know, quote unquote, adrenal fatigue or hormonal issues, or you have thyroid issues, um, you may have been advised to just stick to walking and yoga, you know, you don't want to overload the body. And and these things are true. But I think currently, the approach has been, how can we do no harm? with the movement that we're introducing. Um, and that would lead us to prescribe something like walking and yoga, right? How can we do no more harm to this person's body? But I'm trying to shift the narrative a little bit and ask the question, how can we actually use movement to solve this problem, like to be a piece of the solution? Um, and when we start to approach it that way, we want to look at the physiology of what's going on when we're struggling with something like that, when we're struggling with our adrenals when we're struggling with you know any kind of hormonal imbalance what's really going on here physiologically and then how can we use movement to rebalance to progress this situation so i'm just i'm you know maybe it'll be helpful if i give like a quick Mm -hmm. breakdown of kind of like okay so basically we have our hpa axis our hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis right and this is really involved in regulating our blood sugar it's part of the whole system where our, you know, if we have sugar in the blood, our insulin pulling the sugar into our cells, or if we need energy, sugar being pulled from our cells back into our bloodstream. And our adrenal glands are these little glands that are kind of supposed to play a backseat role in all of that. But if there's something funky going on with our blood sugar, and, you know, our cells are more resistant to insulin, or we're dumping too much sugar into the system at once, um, our adrenals start to take more of a driving force. They take more of a driving role in this whole little picture and they start to pump out cortisol to help with the whole thing. And cortisol is our stress hormone and cortisol in itself is not problematic, but too much cortisol can be a problem. And so if we're already kind of struggling with something like that and, you know, blood sugar issues can be at the root of a lot of hormonal imbalances. If we're already struggling with something like that and then we go ahead and, you know, do really high intensity workout, which will elicit that same cortisol response, 
or we go for a really long run, which will elicit that big cortisol response. And then our body is just kind of overburdened with this cortisol. That is when cortisol becomes problematic. That's when it leads to things like inflammation. That's when it messes with our hormones. Um, So when there's too much cortisol in the body, what can actually happen is our cells can become less sensitive to it. And so that's when our cortisol gets lower, right? So these kind of this whole blood sugar mess with the wrong kind of fitness can either present as really high cortisol or really low cortisol. Um, and so the problem there is if if we've shifted into that place of really low cortisol and then we're doing something like walking and yoga, you know, really restorative movements, which are so wonderful for the body. I can't stress that enough. But if that's all we're doing and we have this low cortisol now, our, it's going to sit there. Our body has become so insensitive and, you know, walking is lowering our cortisol even more. Yoga is lowering our cortisol even more. And so our body just can't even recognize that as a piece of the stress response anymore. Um, so, you know, I love to do real strength training with my clients. And by that, I mean, you know, you do something for five reps and it is the heaviest thing that your body can tolerate right now. And then we rest for maybe it's a full five minutes and then do another set of five and then rest for another five minutes. And what we're doing here is we're kind of like stoking the fire. We're introducing that intensity. We're introducing, you know, the heaviest thing that you can lift for five reps. And we're almost like stoking the fire. We're introducing that burst of cortisol so that our body can kind of recognize it. And then we're resting and we're letting our body fully recover from it and then introducing it again. And so this is going to promote our body's ability to really tolerate it and to use it well. And so everything that cortisol was intended for, so, you know, using that sugar in our blood and elevating our heart rate and, you know, the way that it would present itself in a stress response, like if we were being faced by a lion, right? We got to run away. We, We need our heart rate elevated. We need sugar in the blood. We need to be able to sprint out of here. So we're letting our cortisol function in the body the way that it was intended to without overloading it. So we want to be very delicate with how we introduce that. So kind of like to wrap that up, like walking and yoga don't introduce enough cortisol to the body um, and they don't let our body understand how to use that response. But something like going running for three hours is too much cortisol um, and, and still won't have that positive benefit and won't have that hormone balancing benefit. Um, So we really want to introduce something like a heavy set of five, or ultimately, once you have a foundation of strength, we could look at more like true high intensity interval training, you know, really short, intense workouts. Those can be effective too. But with my clients, I, I really encourage strength to be a prerequisite for, you know, other more high intensity style things just because that's that's more from like a joint function like we really want our joints to be able to tolerate um, the intensity so something like even if it's just a back squat that's like my favorite thing to start clients with just like a a heavy five by five or three by five um, barbell back squat is like the best medicine for hormone issues oh my god I miss my back squats I you're like (laughs) inspiring me to go and get like a barbell for my garage (laughs) Um, wow. That was so mind blowing. 
because I used to be really big into strength training or I thought I was doing it right. Um, I was lifting so, so heavy. I was not taking breaks. However, mm-hmm. I was like, got to, got to do it fast to, to see results. And like, I was just putting too much pressure too quickly on my body. And as well, at the same time, like I was dealing with a lot of emotional stressor, stressors in my life too. Yeah. So that cortisol response was just through the roof. And I quickly became exhausted because I was doing it six, six days a week too. Um, and then I, yeah, that led me to just, yeah, be so fatigued. Yeah. I know it, that's a trap a lot of people get into. And I think especially like in the group fitness environment, I think we're not seeing strength training done really well in the group fitness environment because there's just, you know, in my experience, there's really just too much pushing people. And I think, you know, collective motivation can be a really wonderful thing, but I think we need people to be more in tune with their own bodies and especially women like what about being in tune with your cycle you know if you're in the phase of your cycle where you actually are supposed to be retreating a little bit and you know maybe lifting lighter maybe doing something more assortative but you're in a crossfit class and it's like we're doing this wad everybody crush it today you know like that's not going to serve you that's not going to serve your hormonal health it's not going to serve your ability to recover from the workout Mm -hmm. yeah Um, just pushing yeah. yourself and punishing yourself essentially is what it feels like sometimes in this industry. And I had yeah. like zero guidance. I was just like going off what the internet said. <laughs> no, it's, it's really like I mentioned before with like the barrier to entry. It's just unfortunately like there's yeah. not enough people shouting this, shouting that like we have to understand the hormonal impacts of workouts and, you know, adjust accordingly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad people like you exist. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, so then I became so exhausted and then obviously my functional medicine practitioner told me, she was like, let's just take it easy. And yeah, like I think that that very well could have been like a part of my reg- regimen, like just workout, I mean, yoga and um, long walks and stuff. But I feel like that strength piece would have helped me so much because almost that like low cortisol where I was sitting or where I have been sitting, um, it almost made me view like any stressor as like bad. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of the cycle there. It's like do way too much. Or too much. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of, I always say like under training and over training are equally as dangerous. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I'm like, I'm trying not to be mad at myself, but, um, Oh no, that's not what we're doing. That's here. not what we're doing. Um, but yeah, that, that's so informative. Okay. So going to the types of, um, workouts that you do with your clients, it's, so you're starting off with like back squats that are, you know, five by like five sets, five reps. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then like five minute breaks. Yes, basically. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. So that's in a really ideal environment, meaning like they have access to a barbell, they have access to plates, like that type of thing, which obviously given the current climate Mm, um, is is a little bit more challenging, but um, you know, I actually, I just put out an Instagram post a couple of days ago, like with the quote strength is relative, but Oh my God, I saw that. That was so good. Thank you. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how I like to think about it because I think like, you know, I post these videos of me squatting, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think it can be really intimidating to a lot of my audience. 
And so, you know, with, with so many of my clients and with people who are just getting started, recognize that if you've never done a body weight squat, like your own body weight to full depth, you know, if you've never done five of those, that's enough of a stimulus to elicit a stress response for you and to get you stronger. Um, so while the ideal is loading someone up under a barbell, we need to start from their starting point. And so strength training for someone who's completely deconditioned and never done a bodyweight squat is going to be bodyweight squats. And then, you know, the next week is going to be holding their kid's backpack and doing those squats again, you know, um, ultimately we want to progress to, you know, kettlebells, barbells, just because these things are so ergonomically designed. So you can actually load them up and get progressively stronger each time. Um, you know, that kills me too. And someone like buys a set of eight pound dumbbells and then just does every workout with those for the rest of their life and assumes that that's strength training because they're holding a weight. But for something to be true strength training, for us to get all the benefits that we're talking about here and, you know, a million more benefits. Like I really think I can list off probably like 30 benefits right now, but we haven't even scratched the surface on the metabolic benefits of strength training. I think it's so still so new for women and so misunderstood. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like to really get those, all of those benefits metabolic and otherwise um, we need to be following a program that has progressive overload. So meaning Monday you work out and it's bodyweight squats. Tuesday you rest. Wednesday you work out and now it's bodyweight squats, but you're holding your kid's backpack. Thursday you rest and now Friday you work out and it's bodyweight squats, but now you're holding, you know, your backpack with three textbooks in it. We have to be progressively, gently overloading the body and giving it enough time and space to rest and recover. Um, so if we think about like our strength, adapt our stress and adaptation cycle, um, that would be like, so Monday, right? Your baseline is, you know, baseline. Mm-hmm. Then we introduce that stressor. You dip a little bit below the baseline because you're recovering. Mm-hmm. And then assuming everything's in place, meaning you are not overloaded with stress from other things. You are being conscious of, you know, processed foods that you're eating. You're sleeping enough. Like, you are limiting other stressors in your life. Mm-hmm. Then when we recover on Wednesday, the baseline moves higher. Mm-hmm. And then we introduce another stimulus, another stressor, something that's a little bit more than what your body can tolerate right now. And then again, we rest and recover, and then the baseline moves higher. And if we're applying a little bit more each time and giving ourselves that true rest and recovery, then the baseline just keeps moving higher and higher and higher. And we're getting stronger and we're feeling better. Um, we can utilize everything that we, you know, nutrients that we bring into the body much better. Um, it's just, that's when the magic happens. <laughs> I love it. And why is strength training in particular so beneficial for like our hormones? Like you were talking to me about, um, about like muscle the other day and like, mm, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of benefits, but you know, we keep talking about blood sugar, right? A lot of this comes back to blood sugar. And one of the issues we see when our blood sugar gets really funky is, insulin resistance. And that means that our cells aren't really getting the message from the insulin, right? We're not pulling the sugar out of our blood effectively. Our insulin is kind of sleepy. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
when we strength train in this way and when we grow our muscles, when our muscles get stronger, when we introduce more type 2 muscle fibers into the body, um, we are actually making our cells more sensitive to insulin. So when insulin calls and said, I've got this whole truckload of sugar, I've got to bring it into the cells. If our muscles are bigger and stronger, they're actually going to be able to accept that call. They're actually going to be able to say, all right, you know, load it in, we're ready. Um, because that is when our, it's it just one of those amazing benefits that happens on a cellular level from the muscles growing. But we're just feeding, when we build muscle in the body, we're feeding our metabolic engine. And it has just so, so many benefits. Like, for example, muscles release myokines, which are actually an anti-inflammatory chemical. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we always think about cytokines and things that are storming in the body and creating that inflammation. Myokines are actually going to take that inflammation down. Um, you know, so that's a contributing factor. It's just, we want to be shifting our metabolism to this place where it's faster and stronger. Um, and that comes from muscle. Mm. Wow. And we keep talking about blood sugar, like you said, and yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't know or don't think that they have blood sugar imbalances. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit more about like what symptoms they might be exhibiting if they yeah. do have blood sugar imbalances? Totally. Um, you know, it's tough to say if it's so like we said, blood sugar is kind of like the foundation of a lot of hormonal issues. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a person who's been struggling with PCOS, you know, someone has mentioned insulin sensitivity to you at some point, you know, insulin resistance to you at some point. And so um, it's just one example of how that blood sugar system and just really contributes directly to all these hormone issues that we face now. But um, yeah, so if so, I think the main the main thing is like, right, so sorry, <laughs> the reason I started that tangent is because you may think these symptoms are coming from your hormone imbalance, but they're liking, likely stemming from your blood sugar imbalance to begin with. Um, and so one of the major ones is like you have a really hard time getting going in the morning. Um, you just, you know, your alarm goes off and you'd feel glued to your bed um, or your energy dips and wanes throughout the day. Like you don't really have that consistent energy throughout the day. So pretty typical with blood sugar imbalances is like a two to 4 PM crash. Like if you feel like I absolutely cannot sit at my desk and continue my day without a cup of coffee or some chocolate right now, um, at around 2 PM, that's a, that's a pretty big sign that your blood sugar is telling you something. Um, another one is like super intense sugar cravings. If you just crave sugar all day, that's your body asking for what it is lacking right now. Like feeling like you need that externally because your body can't regulate that system internally. Um, yeah, so those are those are pretty big signs. And then not recovering from your workouts. Like if you if your workouts literally make you feel dead on the ground and the next day you're just dragging, um, that that can kind of be what's going on there. Mm -hmm. And I think like for me, I didn't know that it blood, I didn't know what blood sugar was until like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I just thought like you have to be eating a terrible, terrible diet in order to be experiencing blood sugar imbalances. I was like the healthiest girl on the block. And then I was uh, diagnosed as pre-diabetic two years ago. And that's wild. Like, oh, what the hell? Um, and I had to look at my stressors, um, mainly emotionally because yeah, that cortisol response kept spiking yeah. and 
that led to a blood, a poor blood sugar response too. Um, so what do you recommend for those who are like, Oh, I'm experiencing those symptoms, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. It, that's, I mean, yeah, it, it's a lot. I, you know, we talk about, there's obviously a lot of things on the nutrition side of things that you could jump to right away, but strictly from a movement perspective, I would, if you are currently doing, you know, 45 minute Peloton classes or hit classes or, you know, stop doing that. That's step one. <laughs> um, and, you know, cut back. how many days a week are you working out? Let's take a look at that because if it's more than three, it's probably too many. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of my clients are always really surprised to hear that. Like when I first yeah, start working with so someone, yeah, yeah, like we should be moving our bodies every day, but actually training like three, maybe four days, you know, it's really, you don't need much more than that. And again, I think coming from the background that I did where it was like six days a week, sometimes two a days and now doing all of this work and helping women kind of find this balance. For me, it's like, it's not about how much can we do? It's like, what is the least amount I can do to still get the most amazing benefits from it? So just thinking more in terms of not more, 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 how much more can I do? It's like, what is the least amount I can do right now to elicit the response I want and to make this fit into my life? Because I'll have clients come to me who are used to working out seven days a week and they're so eager, you know, when we're doing all their assessment materials, they're so eager to get me to write them five days a week programming. And I always say to them like, okay, right now you're single, you're living on your own, maybe five days a week feels really doable. But the intention of what you're learning here is for you to be able to do this for the rest of your life. And so if we can get all of the adaptation and the metabolic benefits that we want from three days a week, I guarantee you that you can do that for the rest of your life. And so it's kind of like making sure that this fits right now and making sure that it fits no matter what is going on. Um, Wow. Yeah. And that's a big shift, like mentally, you know? Yeah. It's huge. Cause I feel like we've been told to maybe rest like once or twice a week. And I feel like that's, that's even better. You can get the results that you want and need in less time or like, like what the phrase I think of is work smarter, not harder. Yeah, totally. That's, you know, that's what we're trying to do here. It's like, it isn't about who can, you know, it's not, it's, it's not about working out for an hour, working out for two hours. It's like, can we get this response that we want? Can we get stronger? Can we rev our metabolic engine with 25 minutes a day, three days a week? And then Mm -hmm. the rest of the movement is for fun. The rest of the movement is what do we enjoy doing? Do we enjoy going for a hike with our dogs, our kids? Like those things are wonderful. Do I enjoy doing some restorative yoga to relax me before bed? Like, yeah, that's awesome. Include that because you love it and it feels good. But like the workouts, the quote unquote workouts that are on your calendar, that are you going to the gym, that are you, you know, scheduling it in. It's like, we don't need more than three days a week. We don't. Yeah. Um, And I think the reason why a lot of people feel like they need to go to the gym more often is because they're not seeing the results that they want. 
And I feel like that's not getting to the root cause of why. Yeah, exactly. And like, oftentimes, it's for those people, the more they start going to the gym, the more workouts they start doing, the worse the symptoms get. And, you Mm -hmm. know, especially for people who are focused on weight loss, it's like, oh, I'm not losing the weight I want to lose. So I obviously need to work out more and eat less. And that is just going to contribute to such a storm in the body and so much inflammation and all this excess cortisol and, you know, then estrogen gets imbalanced and we start to store all this belly fat. And it's like, I'm working out six days a week. Why am I gaining weight? You know, and Mm -hmm. it's such a likely story. Like it happens to so many people and I don't focus on weight loss. You know, it's not something I ever advertise as doing. I just, I don't, you know, as part of just, I don't want to contribute to that conversation, but Because I also, when somebody comes to me, you know, they might have weight that quote unquote, they need to lose, you know, based on just how their body is functioning. Um, But that's never our focus. Our focus is rebalance the body, you know, focus on revving the metabolic engine, focus on the strength, focus on the blood sugar balancing, making sure that the digestion is optimal, the hormone balance is optimal. And when the body trusts you, it will get to the weight that it wants to be at. And so oftentimes my clients will lose 15, 20 pounds, but it's just because they were so inflamed and there was so, you know, their body wasn't trusting them. Their body wasn't happy with what was going on. It was like, I'm storing this because you're scaring me. Like, you know, is there a famine? Are are we being attacked? Like what is going on? Um, And so our bodies are super wise. And when we, don't put all our energy towards losing this weight, you know, losing those last five pounds, like, you know, and I'm postpartum now, especially that conversation is a whole nother thing. (laughs) Um, But when we stop focusing on just like, how much do I weigh and do my pants Mm. fit? When we focus on how do I feel? Do I have energy in the morning? Am I falling asleep well at night? Am I staying asleep throughout the night? Um, can I lift my kid without stuff hurting? Can, you know, those types of things, when we focus on those things, we end up landing at a weight that we like, we're wishing we were at our whole lives. Yeah. So that's kind of how you track the progress with your clients. Yeah. More so than what the scale says or what your body measurements oh, are. Oh, absolutely. I never do measurements with my clients. Um, awesome. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because I work virtually with my clients. So they're always uploading mm-hmm. videos and you can, in the app that I use to deliver the workout programs, there's one feature where mm-hmm. it's like you click on the exercise history. And so all their videos of that one movement pattern will be all in one place. Um, and so you see a large difference in their body composition just based on, you know, how they were moving six weeks ago versus now. Um, yeah. So I guess in that way, there is some kind of visual tracking, but the focus is always on movement patterns, function, Um, and then obviously, you know, sleep, fatigue, those types of things. Yeah. I feel like it's all about working with your body rather than against. Yeah, absolutely. And that's right. You see so much more success that way. Yeah. And you just feel good and you stop caring and you stop, you know, it doesn't consume you and you get to like build empires and, you know, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I love it. Um, can we talk about stretching real quick? Yeah, totally. Is that is that like a big focus um, that you have with your clients? I feel like I've been told, no, you have to stretch before your workout or stretch after, or like if you don't do it before, then this happens and yada, yada, yada. Um, okay. So, okay. 
myth number one, never do static stretching before a workout. That's like a recipe for ripped really? tissues. Yeah, just no, not good. Um, okay. The other thing is kind of like, I guess this is a bit of an unpopular opinion. I think people put too much focus on mobility these days. And I do think it's important. I think like there are a lot of things that get our muscles super tight, you know, um, for example, sitting at a desk all day, like we, we will end up with rounded shoulders. We will end up with some of these, you know, quote unquote muscular imbalances. Um, but I think that likely if you are experiencing pain and you think it's from a tight muscle, the answer a lot of times is strength and stability. Um, you know, so if somebody is coming to me with low back pain, like, yeah, their hamstrings are probably pretty tight. Like their QL is probably pretty tight. That's the muscle, like your low back muscle, basically, um, kind of like feeds into like what we call your love handles. Um, yeah, it's probably pretty tight from sitting all day. But more important to me is that their glutes are probably pretty weak and they're not breathing and bracing and using their abs effectively. Um, and so I'm going to focus on those things first. And a lot of times the mobility will come just from being in the right positions. You know, um, if somebody comes to me with really rounded upper back, for example, in their squats, right, they squat down into that bottom position and their upper back just rounds like crazy. Like, yeah, their chest muscles are probably pretty tight, but if I just cue them, you know, give me that proud chest, tighten up those back muscles, pull from underneath your shoulder pits, those kind of things are going to fix the problem. And then they're just going to be in a better position while they're loaded up. Um, you know, we call it like barbell yoga. Um, and then everything kind of resolves itself. So yeah, some people have some tight muscles and could probably benefit from mobility work. But I think that so often the answer is just strength and stability and we get distracted by all the like fancy stretches and mobility drills. Um, yeah. Just like move the way that you are supposed to move in nature and it kind of sorts itself out. Okay. So do you recommend anything after a workout? A so I do workout? build into like in all my clients programs, I always build in like a dynamic warm up. So as opposed okay. to just sitting there and stretching a individual muscle, like sitting on the floor, stretching your hamstrings, you know, that kind of thing that you probably learned in like elementary school basketball, <laughs> like we used to do in all of my organized sports. Um, mm -hmm. I recommend dynamic <laughs> warmups, which will kind of be more similar to almost like a yoga flow before the workout. Um, and just kind of moving in and out of movement patterns that we are going to be doing that day in the workout. So really just what that's doing more is just getting blood flow through the body and preparing your neuromuscular connection. So kind of just getting your brain to start talking to the muscles, just wake everyone up and like, we're going to be doing squatting patterns today. So there's going to be squats in our dynamic warmups. We're going to be doing some, you know, whatever it is, those patterns, we're going to start to just see the same patterns in the dynamic warmup. And then in the workout for that day. And then the same thing at the end of the workout, like you can do static stretching after workout, but I find mm -hmm. more benefit in doing something more like a movement flow, um, doing something like a short little yoga sequence that will kind of help to bring down some of the cortisol at the end of the workout. And just, again, just love on your body and, and let you kind of use that for yourself. Um, you know, always ending in like a nice little Shavasana and just, 
sort of winding down. Yeah, honestly, more so using it um, to just bring the heart rate down to just get a little more relaxed, um, things like that. So I guess, long story short, like if someone has like a true, true issue where there's pain or they can't get into the position I'm trying to get them in, I'll prescribe a little more, you know, some hip openers or things like that. But most of the time, strength and stability solves it all and just doing some dynamic flow and movement flows at the end of the workout. Um, yeah. Nice. And how long does a strength training workout typically look like? Um, cause I feel like a lot of people feel like the longer they spend in the gym, the better. They yeah, work no. out. Um, <laughs> so it looks a little different for each client again, based on what equipment they have on hand, how much time they have on hand and kind of like, what state they're at in terms of strength, in terms of hormone issues. So like if I have someone in the throes of like Hashimoto's, right? Um, So that's a thyroid condition for those who are not familiar. Um, If someone is really symptomatic and feeling super, super fatigued, that's like one of the big symptoms with Hashimoto's, like super fatigue. Um, I will titrate up extremely slowly and Mm -hmm. that will you know day one could literally be five bodyweight squats for five sets and we rest in between each set Um, and that's the whole workout you know whereas someone who is kind of further along in their journey or is supporting themselves really well with some of the other things we talk about like lifestyle and nutrition um, or you know is dealing with something else that's not as fatigue heavy, not as much metabolic, because, you know, our thyroid hormone is just involved in every function in the body. And so there's going to be a lot of metabolic stuff going on. If you're struggling with that, if it's more like a little bit of estrogen dominance, or, you know, something like that, where it doesn't necessarily impact every single system in the body and every cell answering to that estrogen, um, it might look something more like we got three by five on squats and we're going to be doing some push-ups, and we're going to be doing some deadlifts and we're going to be doing some rows. Um, maybe it's more, you know, like a half hour workout. Um, and then as they start to progress, so say they've been working with me for a month and all those movement patterns, like our four basic patterns. So that's push pull. So push-ups, rows, those are two examples there. Um, mm-hmm. squat and deadlift. So squat pattern is also going to be our lunge pattern. That's the same thing. Um, deadlift pattern is also going to be our hip bridges. That's the same pattern. Um, so we're kind of just playing around with those four movement patterns and we're adding load to them and we're mixing them up a little for a month. When this person starts to feel energized and their workouts feel really, really good and we're adding load each week and nothing hurts anymore. Um, that's what I consider to be their baseline of strength. And then from there, we can start to play around with some more fun stuff. We can start to throw in more of these, conditioning circuits where, you know, now their workout looks like we've got three sets of five on our squats. We have three sets of five on our pushups and those are body weight pushups because my ladies get really good at pushups. And then, you know, we have their rows, we have their deadlifts, but now at the end of their workout, we're going to do some burpees and that's fine. And they'll feel great. And we're going to do, you know, some mountain climbers. We're going to do intervals of mountain climbers, like 20 seconds on 10 seconds off and they can handle that intensity at that point. Um, and then they start to feel really, really good. So like if somebody comes to me with a fat loss goal, 
so I'll never let that be goal number one, you know, like mm-hmm. goal number one is let's get you feeling amazing. Let's, you know, make sure that you can lift your kid. Let's make sure that you can sleep through the night. Those are all step one. And then once we kind of have those things in check, it's almost like they graduated from their prerequisites. And now we can throw in some high intensity stuff and see if you want to lose some fat, if, if everything <clears> else kind of the baseline is like, I feel amazing. <laughs> yeah. What um, does a typical recovery day look like? like so for some people, again, like depending on symptoms, depending on what's going on in your life, it could really be like sit still, take an Epsom salt bath, you know? Um, But a lot of times I recommend walking on days that we're not moving. And then if you just kind of are one of those people that feel really creaky in the morning, you know, um, I think everyone can benefit from like a 10 minute movement practice in the morning or in the evening. If you have a tough time relaxing, um, just doing like 10, 15 minutes of just flowing in and out of downward dog and cobra and just like those patterns that kind of get your whole body flowing like those those feel really wonderful okay um what about like mineral depletion like from a workout do you recommend yeah like, yeah totally um and you know i think the best way i know there's anywhere? a lot of products on the market now and those are kind of easy ways to do that but i always recommend like i said epsom salt baths are great there's magnesium in there and that's yeah. Um, and then That's yeah. if you just start thinking about adding some lemon and salt and honey to your water, that is like a great natural alternative to an energy drink and packed with electrolytes. So, and by salt, I mean like real sea salt. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that table salt. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, are there any like final words um, that you would like to I guess, leave? Our well, I think the one with? thing we didn't really talk about, like I didn't dive into specifics of like what is high intensity training. So something I always oh yeah, that'd be good. We can talk ladies about that. to know is that forty-five minute hit class you go to is not hit. That is not high intensity interval training. If it's forty-five minutes long. It's not hit. That's long. So, yeah. like, oh, that those kind of classes just break my heart because you're it's being marketed to you as this thing that's like amazing for fat loss because it's high intensity interval training and there's all this science and blah blah blah. But like, if you can sustain it for forty five minutes, you are not at the intensity you need to be at in order to elicit the benefits you are looking for. So you know, I said that strength is kind of the prereq Mm -hmm. and then phase two would be some of these like high intensity interval training workouts and like true hit, meaning like we're basically using it the same way that we're using strength training to elicit that cortisol benefit. So where most hit that people are doing is like 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off or 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, like really high like the rest periods being just as short as the work periods. Um, what we're actually looking for is something more like 15 seconds on as the highest intensity you can go. And again, this is like, you need to have a prerequisite of strength, a baseline of strength before you do this. But say it's, you know, say you're using burpees, for example, because people just freaking love burpees. Um, so you do 15 seconds of burpees at like your max intensity, right? 
and then you rest. You sit still for like a minute and then do those 15 seconds again, the 15 seconds again. So like the same way we're titrating up that strength where it's like five set, five reps of the heaviest thing that you can lift and then rest for five minutes and completely recover. It's the same benefit that we want with that HIIT training where it's like, hey, hey, cortisol, hey, energy systems, like, it's me, I'm here, this is me, I'm here, like, everybody wake up, and then relax, like, let's come down, heart rate come down, stress level come down, we're, like, recovering, and we're in a really good place for that full minute, for a full two minutes, even, and then come back again at the max intensity that you can possibly exert, Um, so again, disclaimer like that is after you have a baseline of strength and like your joints can tolerate that um, and your heart rate can tolerate that but that is like if you really want the benefits of hit that is how you accomplish that um like the and most that i would ever prescribe someone is time. 10 minutes of that um so like usually it's four minutes usually it's five minutes like that that's the whole workout so like yeah, we're we're getting that one wrong. <laughs> Dang. Amazing. Oh my yeah. god, and it's so much easier in your body. And yeah, that's the best part too. You it's can like totally it's so squeeze doable. that in. And I think exactly, like I think that's the whole thing. Yeah, like sustainable. For anyone who has had that experience where they really burn themselves in the ground and did these, you know, seven days a week, two a days, like that kind of stuff, you have such a negative association yeah. with exercise at that point where it's like you get so exhausted even thinking about going back to the gym. So the people who are really fighting with themselves to get themselves to go to the gym every day, um, you know, besides for the fact that we know that how much of our hormones are impacted by what goes on in our brain. So like if you're fighting with yourself to get to the gym, like you're already spiking your cortisol. Um, if, you know, if the gym is something that stresses you out all day, like, oh, I'm going to miss my workout. I have to go, right? Like that's that's added cortisol too. So true, um, yeah. And so if we have all of that, like wagering and bartering and guilt around whether or not we're going to the gym, that's added cortisol. But if what we're doing in the gym is exhausting us so much and it's 45 minutes of jumping around and just like, it's just too much, that association and that feeling of like, it really like tearing you down and putting you on the floor and just exhausting you to that point, you're not going to want to fit that in your day at a point, even if it works for a year, five years, even like you're going to hit a wall and there's going to be a point where that is just not at all doable for you. And that's when you end up doing nothing. And, you know, like we just, like we said in the beginning, like under training is, is just as bad. It's just as damaging to the body. And so we want to really hit that sweet spot where, it's giving us all the benefits and it's something we can see ourselves doing for the rest of our lives. And it doesn't like take this toll on us all day. Like, Oh my God, I need to get my workout in. Like, Oh, I'm so busy. I'm not going to get my workout in like that game that we start to play with ourselves yeah. where it's like, now I'm in this place where it's like, Oh, yeah. my potatoes are in the oven for 45 minutes. Like, all right, let me just do a quick hit session right now. Cause I know I'm not going to make it down to my barbell today, but like, I still want to introduce something and feel those, feel that blood pumping, feel all those wonderful workout feelings you know yeah it's like we get trapped mm-hmm. in this like I've totally been if there. it's not that full workout it's like yeah not anything you know mm-hmm. do you think men feel the residual effects of 
overworking out a lot later than women. I think like we're more sensitive. Yeah, we're definitely more sensitive. I mean, just the way that our hormones interact, especially like we said with our HPA axis, like Mm -hmm. that's going to hit us real hard, real fast. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing some more issues with men surfacing now, but it's different. The conversation is completely different just because of how their hormones function. Yeah, that's so true. I just asked because football players and stuff in the Mm -hmm. two days. Yeah. And the dying heat and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, we've touched a lot today. Yeah. I'm excited for everyone to listen to this episode and feel so educated like I do now. <laughs> but I'm excited to um, work with you in the future. Oh, yeah. I, That's going to be fun. I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. I'm going to like, learn how to do proper push-ups and pull-ups and just – have just I don't know I I remember when I was strength training I was like I feel so well at the beginning like I felt so good and empowered and I mm. felt like I don't know it's just so different I mean don't get me wrong like I love my yoga flows and I feel so connected but like in my long walks but just incorporating this piece into the regimen I feel like it's going to be so life changing yeah that's a piece of it too it's like especially if you're a person who's struggling with chronic illness which so many of us are you know whether you want to call it illness or just chronic stuff. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's like getting, you know, getting strong and building your physically building those muscles, but mentally building resiliency is huge. Like if you have just felt sick for so long, getting to a place where your whole body feels strong and you're like, oh, I do really hard stuff. Like I lift this thing and it's heavy. It just the mental shift that happens there is amazing. And it really just contributes to the healing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that helps you with your babies too. Oh yeah. You have two kids, right? Yeah. They're the best. <laughs> How old are they? So my daughter is turning three this summer and my son is going to be eight months next week. Oh my gosh. So you need good, strong muscles oh, yeah. in order to keep up with them. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I do have one quick question for you. I like to ask all my guests because it is the Human Experience Podcast. What makes you human? Ooh, okay. What makes me human? Hmm. I mean, everything makes me human. Like, let me think about this one. Hold on. That's true. (laughs) I'm thinking. Um, I birthed two babies. That's pretty pretty human experience. Um, yeah. Oh my God. It's, I'm waiting for that day. It's wild, man. And it doesn't get any less crazy the second time. That is like, especially my son, my labor with my son was like insane. It was like under four hours. He literally just shot out of me. Like I, it was crazy. Um, but like I, my, I had a really long labor with my daughter and I was having back labor. So I ended up getting an epidural, which I didn't initially want. And it was just a whole thing. The recovery was really, you know, and I was a strong person. I was like squatting 185 till the day she was born. And I still just like, damn, yeah, it was pretty wild. But with my son, I was able to do completely unmedicated. And that is about as human of an experience as I I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. You're feeling everything. It was really crazy. Every emotion. It's like, oh my God, it was so crazy. Um, but that's us magic and it doesn't make any sense. I guess it kind of makes me human. And also it's a little bit animalistic too. 
but it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I want to do the same. Yeah. I Well, I hope to do the same. Um, I think that's really beautiful. And I think you're able to experience not only every physical thing that's going on with your body, but all the emotions that come about yeah. like when you're labor, like even after, like when he's in your arms and just. It's magic. <laughs> magic. I love it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Thank you so much for being on the show, Adina. I appreciate you and your wisdom. Thank you. Oh, where can everyone find you? Oh, okay. So I am on Instagram at Adina Rubin underscore. And that is the easiest place to find me. And then I work one-on-one with women. Um, I'm currently building, and that's, I work one-on-one. We do nutrition work. We do strength training. I write all your programs and, you know, we're constantly communicating about stress load and where you are in your cycle and all these things. And it's, you know, about as individual as a program can be to your unique needs and um, I'm working right now on building a group program specifically strength training for women with hormone issues and so yeah that's gonna be so so much fun the information in there like if you enjoyed this episode we're gonna dive so deep in there and that is gonna just you're gonna love it um yeah so that's where i live on the internet awesome i will link all those in the show notes so again guys thanks for listening until next time this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I do always appreciate your love via Instagram DMs and now any ratings or reviews that you have to give my podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, And of course, feel free to share with friends and family so that others can hear my voice too. Until next time.